Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. Thank you guys so much for the warm welcome back to posting regularly here. It has been an absolutely insane year. I've had a lot of setbacks in my personal life, and it just means a lot that you guys are so encouraging and so excited to see episodes coming out again. Today's guest is so iconic. You've probably seen her on your For You page imitating those viral hydrolonic, I can't even say it, hydraulic press videos. You've seen her, trust me. I also personally love her comedic dance content and all of her stories and experience about working in the entertainment industry. I know that you're thinking, wow, Victoria, we've had two entertainers slash dancers in a row, but this will just go to show how different their content is. Autumn from last week's episode and Smack from this week's episode are both full-time performers. Autumn's a professional ballerina. If you haven't heard her episode, go back and check it out. She talks about how she's completely rebranding since she started creating on Musical.ly so long ago. Now that she's really figured out what she enjoys creating and Smack's experience has been totally different. I love her story and all of the insight that she shares with us during this interview. She's got a great story and so much insight to share with us. Really quick, I just wanted to mention two new TikTok features I've seen in the last few days. We have seen live stream subscriptions start to roll out. They're testing that with certain creators. And also the repost feature is becoming more used, I would say. I see a lot more people utilizing it on my For You feed. Another one is the little like search looking glass in comments. So when someone is saying a name, it allows you to click on that and go to the discovery page and search for that term. Interesting. You can tell that they are really leaning into discoverability, which in the past has been an issue on TikTok. So now that we have so many more search features, they really are taking over the search engine role. They have exceeded Google as the number one search engine at this point. So it's really exciting to see what is going to happen from here. I hope you guys are loving the new video format. The full length video versions are going to be available on YouTube. We are now using really cool software called Descript to edit the videos. It transcribes the videos. And for all of you editors out there, you'll see how awesome this is. It allows you to edit the video by editing the transcript. So it connects the transcribed text that you're speaking in the video to the video and you can edit it from there. For me, it's really helpful because I can visually read what I'm talking about without having to watch the same clips over and over and over. So I have a link down in the description. If you're editing long form content, it can be really helpful because you're not having to constantly be watching and listening. You can just read what you're saying and edit it that way. All of the episodes are filmed 
filmed on Riverside, which is a thousand times better than Zoom, which is what I was using previously when I was just filming in my closet. You can actually film up to 4K video, which is really cool. It just takes the remote podcast filming to a whole nother level. I've got a link down in the description. If you also have a podcast and want to film your content in Riverside, I definitely recommend it. There are free versions of both these platforms, and I think that they're a great resource for creators, whether you have a podcast or not. All of the clips from this podcast are actually edited in Descript as well. So it's a pretty versatile platform. There are free versions of both Descript and Riverside, as well as paid versions. Definitely something to check out. Before we dive into today's interview, take a screenshot of this podcast, put it on your story, tag us on Instagram at tiktok.radio, and let us know what your biggest takeaways are. I'm always curious to hear what resonates with people in our episodes. If you haven't yet, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or even a review would be incredible. It helps other people discover this podcast so that we can share all of this amazing knowledge that creators are gifting us with with even more people. All right, enough chit chat. I know you guys are excited to hear from Smack. Let's dive into this week's interview. Hey guys, welcome back to TikTok Radio. We have a special guest with us today. We have Smack McCreener from TikTok and Instagram. You've probably seen her amazing dance videos and all of her stuff on TV. She's been in some commercials too. So I'm really excited to have her here and share her story on TikTok. So welcome. Hi, <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So I originally found you from a video you did about the studio that you own, right? The oh. What's the name of it? So we have, me and my boyfriend have this business called The Billy Studio, and we have another one called The Boxer Studio, but it's like photography film studios in Los Angeles. And that's where I film a lot of my videos because that's my space. So I yes. didn't know that's how you first saw me. I want to say it was like at least two years ago. I remember seeing that and being like, that is a genius idea, especially in LA. <laughs> And then I started following you and then you started doing kind of your iconic dance videos, your visual, how do you describe them? The visual interpretation? I describe that as me being sarcastic, but the internet took it a little too seriously and now it's gone everywhere. But I guess I do a lot of like interpretive dance yes. stuff where I just imitate objects or things that aren't usually something you can dance and imitate. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. It's like dance comedy, which like you've talked about is kind of your style before we get into it tell our viewers a little bit about you and how you got started on tiktok well i never really know how to like start this but long story short i'm a professional actress dancer artist so i've been doing that my whole life i grew up in australia did all my training there i did all sorts of things but i've always been i guess making content without realizing it when i moved to america 10 years ago i been in Los Angeles that whole time and I've been working professionally and I've always had these ideas of like creating stupid little videos and stuff like that but I one didn't really have too much time for it and two didn't have the space so when the pandemic happened my boyfriend and I just coincidentally at the same time as COVID hitting we're like let's create this business that is a, a studio space that people rent out from us but since day one of having that studio I've now had a huge space to myself that's like one private so I don't have to worry about public watching me and I have access to it 24 7 so since that day I just started creating so much content all day long and just started uploading so I've always been really active online 
but it wasn't until that moment and then obviously I downloaded TikTok for that reason that I kind of was getting more of a following and it's just been growing since then. When you first started posting on TikTok, were those videos performing well or was it more just like for fun and then you wanted to see where it would go? It was always just to help my professional career at 100%. So everything I do, everything I post, I mean, it's different now because it's definitely developed, but originally it's like, I'm trying to sell myself as a product, as an actress, whatever, a dancer. So I need to have a presence online for that reason. The real reason I downloaded TikTok though is because it was the only way I could film a video with a song playing at the same time. Everyone says that. Yeah, because I've never had that before. And it's crucial for me as a dancer that like, otherwise I'd just dance in silence and have to edit it on top and it's too hard. Or I have to have multiple cameras and whatever. I don't like asking anyone for help. So I'm like, if I can do this by myself and the song is already playing in the app in the right time, it's not delayed. I'm like, this is amazing. So that's why I actually downloaded TikTok and started just doing little dances without having to rehearse, without having to get a team, without having to do anything, but press record. I was like, I love that. TikTok has been a game changer for the dance community. It's so interesting, though, because I see people divided. Like, I have, I used to be a professional dancer. I say I'm retired now, but Mm -hmm. I went to school for dance, and a lot of what they talked about was the business side of dance, and they would say, you're selling yourself, you need to advertise. But they would say, like, don't post dance videos online because of the copyright and stuff like that. So it's really interesting now that TikTok has helped so much with the dance community giving people kind of a resource there and a way to connect with other people. So you were already acting and dancing professionally when you started TikTok. When did you realize that TikTok was going to be a important aspect of your dance career and your performing career? I think there was different levels of realizing that. I think I'd already understood the importance of the internet before I downloaded TikTok. So nothing was a surprise, I guess to an extent. So I kind of, I love social media. I love marketing. I love all that kind of business side of it. So nothing was too much of unknown waters because I kind of just knew what would work and what wouldn't. To an extent, obviously TikTok's own thing, but I already had a strong brand for myself and I was very, I guess, confident in what I can deliver. And I also, which is something I've already like seen myself really grow since using TikTok, but I'm really lucky that at the beginning of my TikTok career, I was already very okay with making fun of myself. Like, I'm super okay with putting myself out there. I'm not worried about what people think. I'm not worried about a certain standard of it. I'm just like, film, post, that's it. I don't think about it at all. So I'm very lucky that I started like that because I know that that headspace takes a while to get into or it can kind of mess with you a little bit with your consistency and like all that kind of thing. I can't even pinpoint an exact moment, but I think I saw a drastic shift of because I I do a lot of commercial work like you like you said or dance work professionally and to get that those jobs I have to audition. So I have an agency that's submitting me for work. I then if I'm lucky enough to get the audition, I then do the audition. I have to do someone else's choreography, I have to dress a certain way or whatever the role is I have a script I've got to learn and then I might get another audition and then if I get the job I'm getting directed I think it was the moment that someone was like hey can you do a job for us but just be you and I was like what so like I don't have to have anyone tell me how to do it you can I can just do exactly what I'm thinking about and they're like yeah we just want you to do what you guys what you're already doing online and I was like love that I think my ego was like that's the way to go like of course I just want to be doing my own ideas or have my own 
creativity involved I'm like that's that's like a jackpot for me so I think once I realized that my voice once I realized that it just motivated me to keep doing my own thing because then people started wanting me just for that oh that's amazing that's such a game changer for performers too that's one thing that I've noticed especially in the industry like I mean, I did the Broadway Dance Center internship probably 10 years ago now, and (laughs) I remember them talking about how people were starting to be cast from social media. Like, in the casting room, they're pulling up your Instagram, and that was before TikTok. I think it's shifted even more now to where they're looking, and they want to see if you have a presence online. They want to see how you are when you're not being directed. And it's kind of like a resume, like a built-in resume for someone to look at and be presented with how you are on and off camera in a way. I mean, that was exactly how I look at it and also how I tell my friends about it too. If they're ever interested, I have a lot of friends that are like, should I do it? I'm like, yes, you should. Because it's straight up a portfolio. And for someone like me, I really banked on that because I've never just done one thing. I'd like to say I'm a a smack of all trades, but I'm like mediocre at everything, but I do everything. So I'm like, I don't know how sometimes to sell that. When I'm doing a regular Hollywood dance audition, they have no idea that I also like to do set design. As if they would know that. They don't need to know it. It doesn't, it's not relevant to them at all. But the chance for me to show everything I do and everything I'm passionate about in one platform was like, oh, that's perfect then. I always tell people this tip as well. If you're obviously in a professional situation like Los Angeles or something like that. If someone is going to look at your profile, they should be able to immediately tell who you are, what you do, like with, without having to scroll at all. Like if it's Instagram or TikTok, if you click on my name within the first five videos, you can see that I do dance, that I'm actually trained in it, that I have more humorous side to me. I do something that's professional and you can hear my voice. You can see my face because that's what I'm selling. And then I don't know, something, I don't know, a wild card, whatever that might be. But you can see it immediately. So no one has to wonder about what I do. The confusing thing is like, what, what is it that she actually does? Because there's so much happening, but that's my brand. That's fine. I don't care. No, that's so true, though. Yeah. That's a really good point about when someone looks at your profile, no matter what industry you're in, they should be able to tell kind of who you are and what you're yeah. about. I think some people struggle with like their niche. And I like that you said that your page is kind of a place where people can go and see what you're about in one place because everyone's multifaceted. Everyone has interests in different areas. So it is kind of like a landing page of just like, hey, this is me, this is what I'm about. And you have been on, so you think you can dance, right? Before, yes. So you had already done a lot of professional work before getting into social media. I'd done about 15 years of it, but to, to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm working and it's consistent and it's professional. But to someone else, I'd be like, I've never seen you or heard of you, which is fine because I actually prefer that. <laughs> when, I, when I did So You Think You Can Dance, that was in 2019. So it's kind of recent-ish. But it was my first taste of being viral because the I didn't get very far. But I was just lucky that the dance audition that I did, which was disco and kind of humor vibes, I knew that no one else had really done that, but it's 100% who I am. So I was like not trying to do anything different. I was just like, I'm just going to do what I want. And it kind of worked in my favor and it went viral, which is maybe not as viral as what things are now. But back then it was like, wow, that's viral. And I kind of 
saw that people were acknowledging that people were interested in it and it that definitely motivated me to do more social media back then it was mostly instagram for me but that was really the start of it so when tiktok started i was like oh yeah straight away i think my first day i just posted old videos and they did pretty well i think because it does mix the humor comedy aspect with dance which i yeah you don't see that often you said not many people have done it on so you think you can dance i don't think i've ever seen anything like your audition the one thing that i feel like i you always stuck out to me on my for you page and i think this is like a good lesson for people about having kind of a a thing that people remember about you was the jacket kick like that was oh, like yeah. your signature move that i always saw and i was like oh yeah so and then obviously it's changed to the interpretive dancing to do edit yeah. videos so okay let's talk about that because you had said that that was like a joke and that you started hosting them kind of just for fun it's yeah. interesting how something like that can take a mind of its own one thing i noticed is that the duet feature is so valuable on tiktok so talk a little bit about like how that came to be i think the duet feature is my favorite feature because I think, I mean, I know it's all a joke and it's all sarcastic, but there's a, I am professionally trained. So a hint of it is always like an underlying hint of like, oh no, she actually has a bit of skill there, whether it's obvious or not. I think I always kind of want to be like, yo, no, I am actually a little bit serious if you're interested, come <laughs> see more if you need it, if you don't, fine. But the duet feature was just a fantastic way for me to just basically show off because I can just imit well, I'm selecting things that I can actually physically do. But I think if I just did it without that, and I'm just like, look, I'm pretending to be squished. It's like, okay, cool. But when you can see it side by side, you can compare. And when I think what people like, just based on the feedback I've had, is that people are like, yo, why is it so the same? They're like, if I squint, it's literally the same thing. And I'm like, to me, I'm like, it's not. But I guess, I don't know, maybe people are like intrigued by that, that it is actually kind of done well in a joking way. It's like, hang on, even though she's playing around, it's like actually really good. <laughs> that's what people have said. I'm like, you're so dumb. But anyway, I, but that's why I love the duet feature is because having a side-by-side -side comparison is brilliant. Also having more than one thing go on in a video means you have to watch it twice at least. So I love that. Like people are watching it for me, people are watching it for that, then they have to watch it again together. That's the strategy marketing business side that I love that I'm like is, something that I just thought about before even TikTok started for me, I guess. I love that side of yeah. things too, which is why I started this podcast because I was seeing yep. people grow so insanely like overnight and I wanted to like talk to them and be like, what, yeah. how, did you even know you were doing this? So it's interesting that you say like you thought about that to an extent when you started posting them. How did you initially get the idea to be like, I'm going to imitate these viral videos, which I will say the fact that you're, imitating content that is already viral is genius in itself. I get motivated when I see people do stuff that could have been so good and then you see it do really well, but you're like, nothing is happening. So let me backtrack. Those specifically the hydraulic press videos, obviously are, are so viral. And I actually hadn't ever seen them until that day that I did the first one, but I was scrolling and I'm like, oh my God, this is massive. I just never come across it before. I realized they had YouTube, everything, it's massive. And I kept seeing people duet just with their reaction. Like, however, they weren't even reacting. They were just kind of looking cute. And it was just like, pretty girls, pretty guys. I'm doing blatant statements here. But it's just 
that's a TikTok thing as well. It was like no, mainstream I mean, TikTok. I've done you that. Just, yeah, and I have too. That that was so I actually filmed one exactly like that, where it was just my face. I'm not really doing anything. I'm just like I don't know, looking pleasant with that happening. And then within a minute, I was like, oh no, I should just do the thing. And so I filmed it one take, uploaded it, and that was it. So it's not like I was like stressed about it or like really trying to think of how can I one up this. I was just like, yeah, I mean, it went down and up. That's so simple for my body to do that. But I have to acknowledge, like, that's because I've been dancing my entire life. Like, if I see anything, like, if you see a visual that goes like this, I automatically can visualize me imitating that. So it's not like an unusual thought for me. But I definitely knew that it was kind of a a stupid, funny joke, and I was like, that's brilliant. So I just did it straight away I uploaded it I don't think anyone really cared I didn't really care but it then inspired me to do more because there's so many of them and I love doing a series of work because it's one idea that can last forever and Mm -hmm. I love how lazy that is and easy so then that was when I went to my wardrobe and I was like let's see what colors I have and I can match my wardrobe with the objects because I mean why wouldn't you so yeah then I filmed the next day probably like 20 of them and then just stored them in my drafts and posted them on a rainy day. Have you run into any issues with filming in the app and having things in your drafts? Not yet. I haven't. I still film a lot in TikTok because even though a lot of the stuff I film might be more prepared or something, most of it isn't. I literally film on a whim. I'm not caring too much about how it looks, what it is. I just press record and film. Like, that's it. I don't rehearse too much. I don't tell anyone what's happening. I just do it when I have five minutes. So there is a lot of stuff that I film in the app and is in my drafts. Thankfully, they've never disappeared, but I'm ready for that. I'm like, if that happens and that's brilliant, that's a video in itself. So whatever, I'll just make a content joke about it. That's cool. If there's something that I'm like, no, this is important, then I just film out of the app and just make sure I've got myself covered. Otherwise, I'm like, it's not really that important. I'm going to film it again if I remember to. But yeah, anything important, I've now started to do a little bit more seriously just to save me. It's funny because I always talk about how there are career creators. So people that create content about their careers. And then on the flip side, they're like full-time creators that are personality-based or they're lifestyle-based. And they're making content about their life, not they're known for being a content creator, not for what their career is, if that makes sense. I feel like you're yeah. like on the fence of this because your career is in entertainment, you're making content based on your experience in entertainment. But then on the flip side, it seems like there's not that pressure of social media being like your full time job because of your career and your business. Yeah, I and I have to like, I super realize that. And I'm very lucky that that is something that I can experience personally. However, I also think that, no, this is like my full-time career for real. I just have multiple careers, but they do all link together. The entertainment industry, everyone has a million jobs. But I think I'm really aware that so far, I've never felt stress, stress or pressure or anything about social media. So I think that's because I've just actually had this kind of quick turnaround creative thought process since I was like eight. So it's so natural for me to do that. I just wake up and make 10 videos without having even gotten out of my pajamas yet. Like it's something that is so simple for me to an extent. I feel like I always have to say that because like some people might see something they're like, that was not a five minute video. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. But it was still maybe a quick turnaround and quick idea. I also don't want to ever feel the stress or the pressure. So I just don't let that happen. 
the only time I have ever felt that is when I've started doing jobs like brand deals and they've given me some sort of limit and I'm like yo I don't think I really enjoy that so I just decreased that and made sure I didn't fall into that too often but having a deadline having someone tell me what to do has never been something I've really responded well to I completely agree though that the stress side of things can be escalated with brand partnerships I think that's why sometimes I say people that are like full-time creators that don't have multiple streams of income and are just relying on partnerships that's when you get so burnt out because you're just being told like you have to post this, it has to be this day, and you have to say X, Y, and Z, and link to blah, blah, blah. You said you had already been doing some content creation before TikTok. What point were you at in that before you started? I'm trying to remember the numbers. I think I would have had under 10K-ish. Okay. So Thinking of Dance in 2009, that went up to 20K overnight. So that okay. was my okay. first experience of growth and being viral. That was really my first experience. And I was like, this is fun. But I didn't have to change anything I was doing or the consistency. Also, I'm I'm a photographer. So I, ever since I started Instagram more than like 12 years ago, I've been posting everyday photos. I'm just so easily able to upload anything without having to care about it. So that's just always been a help. But I started to do some YouTube stuff because I love rambling to the camera and I thought that'd be fun. However, YouTube was annoying because it just took so long. Like I was doing like 10 minute videos and I love editing. But I'm like, man, that took like a whole day to do that. I don't enjoy it. (laughs) Sometimes longer. But the the main reason I was not doing as much as I would now is because the apartment I lived in was small and the lighting was bad. And that was it. Like, I literally just didn't have an environment where it was easy to film immediately. And I I don't like working too hard. So having to like move furniture and set up. I was like, ah, nah, I'll just take a nap instead. Like, I don't want to film. It was a nine-day difference for me, literally the day that I had access to space that was a permanent setup and just I can do cartwheels all around and not have to worry about hitting a wall. That was a huge game changer for me. I've noticed that too. Like, when I was doing YouTube, I don't need as big of a space because I'm not dancing. But having a desk set up, like here, I'm I'm in my living room. I live in a one-bedroom apartment that's like 600 square feet. I have a ring light, studio lights, like my my living room is a set, like no one really, I don't hang out in here. So having something where I can walk in and turn on the lights and then film is a game changer. So I think I agree with that is having a space that's ready to go, whether that is in your bathroom or in your living room or a studio space that you go to, like investing in having that set up, even if it's so simple, is a total game changer. I just literally didn't have the square footage available and it was really dark in my old apartment and I didn't have an outdoors area. So I just literally didn't film anything. I don't like filming in public like because the stuff I do is kind of weird and I'm always filming by myself. I never have someone help me. So like I know that it's a whole vibe to like film on Hollywood Boulevard and have a camera and just dance. But I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Like I don't want random people in the background. Yeah, I know a lot of people like rent space in New York and stuff just for auditions or just to film or just to practice. And there's just not a lot of space in most apartments these days. I literally picked my apartment though based on natural lighting because I was like, if I'm going to be filming content, I need to have light. I mean, I was lucky because I moved in the middle of when my stuff started taking off. I always talk about how there's so many different ways you can monetize your audience and how important it is to have like multiple streams of income. And honestly, like lately, I've been leaning into talking about not relying on partnerships because I think 
brands are starting to pay less because there's a lot of creators taking stuff for free, but also the burnout that you can experience when you are relying on them. Like you're like, oh, I have to take this brand deal, but it's something you don't really want to do or just having a lot of the constrictions. Is that the right word? Yes. You're really constricted in like what you can and can't do. Like creatively. Yeah. Yes. Brand deals. I think this is where I have a different mindset and I, because I am working professionally outside of social media I always saw social media as just like when I have time which apparently was a lot but yeah I never saw it as like something I had to do or was needing to find the next thing with it was just the ideas that I wasn't allowed to do professionally because someone was telling me what to do over there however I've worked in commercials tv advertisements for the last 10 years so I've never had a say in what I'm allowed to do with those. I've never been allowed to choose the product. I just have to audition and hope I get asked to be in it. So I've done products that I'm like, this is boring, or I've done things I'm like, that's amazing. So I've already been through that experience of being involved in something where I don't care about it. I mean, I love the job, but I don't care about the actual product that's being sold. And then I've been in ones where I'm like, oh my God, I use this product every day. And I actually really love having my name and my face attached to that. So when social media started happening for me and I realized brands were reaching out, I've just never, ever accepted any brand unless I really love it. And to be honest, I'm very stubborn with that. So I also don't enjoy watching people do branded videos. It's just not something I've ever liked or ever watched. I noticeably see myself scrolling past it. And so I was like, I don't want people to do that to me. So I'm just not going to do those videos. (laughs) But as things have grown when brands do reach out to me now, it's very personable and it's like like they're wanting me to do something that I've already created and expand on, which is amazing because that's what I love doing already. Or it's just like, a, a yeah, I'm, I just weed out the ones and find ones that I'm like, this is a brilliant opportunity. I love everything about it and I get to do whatever I want. It took a while to get there though. It really did. Like to the point where a brand can be like, can you just create something? Instead of like, we would love for you to hold this water bottle. There you go. I'm like, what? I don't even drink water. I don't care about that. Yes. But I should drink water. But yeah, I think it maybe in the last year or two, it's been more very specific to me and my brand. And I'm like, that is very awesome. Like that feeling is like, I want, if I'm going to do it, do it, it has to be that way. So I'm, I'm picky, but for me, it's worked well in that sense, I guess. That's the yeah. way to do it, though. I think there's a lot of, like, fear for some creators of, like, oh, I can't turn this down. And that's why I say, like, having multiple streams of income is important because then you yeah. aren't – you don't feel forced to take partnerships that aren't organic. I think TikTok, I will say, like, Instagram's sponsored posts were, like, buy this – cereal I use it's it was very like hold this product and take a picture yeah yes and there are ads on TikTok that I have like laughed so hard at like I think it can be done right I think my favorite ads are self-aware ads where it's like is this an ad for pledge yes it is like I think there's a way to do it and it's hard because brands don't understand TikTok and they want to treat it like Instagram so it's this weird disconnect of like as creators we're like begging them to let us do what we know is going to be viral and work well for them. I think you said it perfectly when it's like being self-aware. I'm not even kidding. Like, I, and I love being transparent about everything. I was just emailing a brand right now this morning. They reached out to me. It's like a brand that I've never used. I've heard of it. Cool. It's a little bit more sophisticated than what I would say my content is. 
so I just emailed them and I was like, this is great. Thank you for reaching out. I just want to double check that you are okay with my sarcasm and my kind of deliberately DIY vibe with what I create. I'm like, I always tend to go more humorous and make fun of things like this. And they just responded being like, no, that is why we want it. Like, we love that idea. And I'm like, that is an interesting mix. It's, I would not expect someone, something like that that's way more fancy and sophisticated to be okay with what I do. I thought there would have to be some sort of negotiation, but they were like, no, please do only that. And I was like, okay, maybe I will do this one then. I feel like people wouldn't want to turn this one down. But if they had said to me that like, no, it has to be a bit more serious, I would have turned it down. And I think like, that's just me being really picky on what I'm going to do as for myself. Even if it's a brilliant opportunity, I'm like, well, it's probably not going to be that fun to make. So I'll just wait and hope there's something else that was a better match. But I guess maybe it will work. So that's fine. But that's why I'm I'm like, I'm not looking for it. Yeah, well, I'll let that happen. But (laughs) I think that that's the thing is like being self-aware, like if I'm going to do an ad, then it's going to be me representing that product as myself. I'm not just going to be like, oh my God, yeah, so these new cups, amazing. And like, unless I really thought they were amazing, I'm like, I don't really care about that. But yes, multiple streams of income is the way to go. And that's why I'm able to be relaxed with this. Like, I, I really push for I that. Think, I think consumers have become a lot more aware of that too. One thing yes. I'm noticing I haven't even touched on this on anything or I'm, I want to make a post about this. I probably should is I was like one of the first people to start doing shopping videos of like five things you should buy at Aldi, like in 2019, 20, yeah, early, early 2020. Those. Yes, me too. Okay. But one thing I have noticed is that non-branded, like anonymous pages basically are taking videos from creators or voiceovers from creators and putting it on videos and then posting it and linking it to some kind of affiliate page. So it's not an authentic, like, oh, five things you should buy, whatever. One thing you need from Amazon, it's like a stolen video. They're reposting it and linking it to a product. So it's really interesting that like businesses are figuring out that that's very effective. So that's just something I've noticed too about monetization. Well, you know what else is weird? Like, so I do TV commercial work. I love watching TV commercials. If I'm on watching Hulu and I like seeing the ads, I feel like every single professional TV commercial is basically a more expensive TikTok video now. Yes. Like that all the ideas, all the transitions, even the songs. Like I saw this one song kind of go a bit viral last year from my friend that started that trend or whatever, or an acquaintance, someone that I know. And then I start seeing it in this, like, I don't know, an old Navy ad. And I'm like, that 100% came from that person's TikTok page. Like, that, what whoever it was saw it, it. And, like, I can't remember. It's, it's okay. like an There's old a million. song. It's, Is it the girl that did see. the disco? The, I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, no, no. No, but that's ABBA. That's already massive. It was like a kind of an unknown 90s song. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like it was like yes. this is only yeah. big because of this TikTok. Of TikTok. Trend. Well, TikTok has just yes. driven the music industry so it's much. Driven it's driven everything. Yes, like culture in general. Like everything. That's one thing I love about it is like yes, Instagram did drive culture in a sense. Like it's so did Vine. Like we could go back there, like do it for the Vine. Oh, yeah. It it's kind of just evolved, and TikTok really has taken over like mainstream culture. You mentioned that like it's commercials crazy. are just more expensive TikToks, right? The thing yeah. that frustrates me is that media companies are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars or brands are paying Millions. hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes, to make a 
15 to 30 second ad, but they don't want to pay creators jack shit to make the same thing. They yeah. will actually get the same visibility to an extent, you know, more. to a more, yeah, it depends well, on the platform. I think it's, it's so funny and I think they're slowly starting to figure it out, but because I lo- like I'm saying, I really watch TV commercials from a different perspective where I'm like, right. oh, I, I auditioned for that. Like I know what, yeah. I know that there's a hundred people that day working on this. I know that they've got a director, a DP, they've got a choreographer, yes. they've got everything. And it's like, yo, that was not a good commercial. Super expensive. But at the end of the day, it was awkward. It was cringy because they're just trying to be relevant to what's happening now. But what is happening now is authentic people in their room filming on an iPhone. That is what we are engaged with now. That is what people are responding to. That's what I love watching. That's what other people love watching. When companies try to do it in like this grand way and they're like, well, we've got the song that's trending. We've got the dance steps that are trending. We've got that. I'm like, they still miss the mark. Like it's not that it has to be the same, but they're trying to make it the same. So if you're going to try and make it the same, then you got to try harder. Yeah, it just comes across as like, inauthentic like yeah yeah, you're right and I was talking to one of my friends who has owned an ad agency and I was telling him I've had brands that are like well this will take you whatever like I don't know why you want to charge x y and z for it I would guess that your rates are probably higher than most creators because you have experience in the entertainment industry too I think coming from modeling I've done commercial work too and it's like they pay you for the day they pay you for the usage and then they renew that and they'll pay you again and in social media, your content is sometimes reaching more people than that commercial you like I had done in 2014, but I still got paid more to do that and be in it for a half second. The difference with social media influencer work is that it's actually your own name and face attached to it. Every commercial I've done, it doesn't matter that it's me and it. No one knows. Right. They just see a white girl with red hair. Like I'm not representing that brand. I was just exactly. booked and I'm acting in a role of that brand for that brand when it's influencer stuff it's like no what if this company goes down i'm going down with this i've heard a story before about an aligner company like the it's not invisalign but it's like one of those online ones and a guy did an ad for them he gave them rights in perpetuity to that content it was kind of like ugc style content which i want to touch on with you because i feel like coming from an entertainment background you might have thoughts on it like i have thoughts on it but basically this guy endorsed the company like sold his content to them and a couple years later his some of his teeth ended up falling out because of the aligner company and he's <laughs> contacting them being i don't want i mean i might be remembering this wrong but i'm 99 yeah, yeah. sure this is a true story i'm gonna google it after this but um, <laughs> a good example give, anyway yeah yeah i mean any if it, even if this didn't exactly happen this is possible had had problems because of the company and his image is still being used in their national commercials. But he's personally yeah. saying, it's him being like, my name is so-and-so and I, like, I've used these aligners. It's a testimonial, but they own the rights to that content yeah. always and forever now. So I, I'm curious what you think about UGC style content, okay, wait. if you're listening. What does that even mean? Okay, UGC? okay. I don't know Maybe anything. Do you, do you use Backstage much anymore or casting networks or anything like that? Or do you mostly do agents, like, uh, does your agency manage all that? They do, but it is through. It still is through casting networks that they find auditions. Yeah. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, those are some (laughs) platforms that actors and dancers and people in entertainment use to get jobs, and they're historically like very reputable. Everyone's used them for years and years, and agencies use them. And 
right now in the last, I would say, 18 months, there is a major influx of castings for UGC-style content, which UGC is user-generated content. So in the past, oh. this is what a brand would say, hey, Smack, we saw that you used our toothpaste in that video. Can we buy that piece of content from you and use it in ads? And you would be like, yeah, sure, you can use it for six months or whatever. And then when people see it, it's an authentic video that you posted about a product that you love, and then they're running ads with it. And that's how it started. And how it's ended mm -hmm. is brands casting actors to play influencers, essentially. So then they're yeah. running these ads with this authentic style content, but it's really a commercial. It's, Does that make yeah. sense? It's like you and you it's had fabricated. Said the like it's not. Yes, it's fabricated authenticity, and that's yeah. the weird road I think we're going down right now. Is I like have you noticed that? Yes, I have because I get auditions for them sometimes, yes. or I see the auditions for them. Which is weird because that is the normal way to create commercials. That is, you have to audition for it. You have to get a script and you're acting. That is what commercials are. So it definitely makes sense that maybe ad agencies and Hollywood in general and same industry thinks that like, oh yeah, well, if we have to make an ad for in the internet, then yeah, we have to get an actor. So I'm like, it makes sense that it's like that, but it's like it, the crossover is weird there's a gray area and it's I think it's so like fascinating to see like how that's developing and like what's going to happen with that later because the way that the audience is now like this was saying before first of all I think the advertising world treats audiences pretty dumb because in general people are gullible people are dumb to when we're like watching stuff all of us are but I think we're getting way smarter with the way that social media is that we're responding to things and like because we have an opinion and because we have a way to respond to it literally by commenting mm. that we're, we're all we're seeing other people's like, responses and we're like actually i agree with that we're all forming our own opinions through with the advertising world that it's like there's now a direct communication between the audience and the advertisers where usually it's just the advertisers yes. yelling and you have nothing but now we can yell back i'm like your audiences are getting smarter so that kind of like fake advertising like that is like you're going to get called out now. Like, that's going to be uncomfortable for a brand. <laughs> that happened to me. Okay, so I worked with a really cool brand, and it actually happened. Love them. Whatever. They said you could do whatever you want. And I was like, this is amazing. So I made a video. It was a really cool brand, so I actually really tried. They were like, they didn't, they like ghosted me for a week. I was like, what happened here? So then we jumped on a, a Zoom call, and they're like, listen, we don't know how to explain this, but your video was, it was too professional looking. And they're like, we get that that's who you are and that's your professional world. But this video was made for their social media and not for me to post. So they were like, exactly what I'm saying. They're like, if we post this, it looks like we've paid an actor to make a video, but it's highly produced with like a full production team. And I'm like, well, it wasn't, it was just me. And they're like, yeah, but it's because you have those skills and experience, you yeah. can create that. But for, they're like, the brand could get like, backlash for that they weren't saying it in a bad way but they're explaining right. that like it doesn't it looks too good and i'm like that i didn't even think about that if it was posted on my page that's fine because people follow me for right. what i'm doing that doesn't matter but if this is like a, a professional brand and then they have like this tiktok video but it's maybe too produced it just looks like what we're basically shitting on right now yeah. it looks like oh they're trying no. too hard yeah so I was that's like, that's so crazy that, yes. So then I made a video for them in five minutes and they're like, this is perfect. I'm like, okay, well, it's weird, but I, it makes sense. And it was only because they that. were posting it without me being 
like it was for their channels right yeah it's weird it, the the crossover is so weird and it's so interesting to be able to see from both perspectives from my personal experience so i love i love where this is going i love how messy it is i love wondering and dreaming about what's going to happen next. <laughs> it's crazy because yeah. 10 years ago, I mean, I was just graduating from college or I was in the middle of college. I was a dance major and this industry did not exist at all. Like I remember mm -hmm. seeing people who did kind of sponsor posts on Instagram, but it was so different. I mean, Instagram was one year old 10 years ago. Well, I think also those people would, you'd have to be an A-list celebrity to even get a chance yes. at that. Yeah, it was like the Kardashians, I think. It was like yes. really, maybe it wasn't even them yet. Like it was big, big names. Yeah, it, it's, I think that's the coolest thing. I mean, the fact that literally anyone anywhere could tomorrow get a brand deal, I'm like, that's pretty amazing, but also very overwhelming. So if you're listening to this, then just be prepared. There's just not enough resources out there for people to connect with other creators. And I think it's a little intimidating. Like I always message people, like if I get a offer and now there's a platform for this called Clara. If I saw that Smack worked with Skittles and they had reached out to me for a brand deal, I would message her and be like, hey, did they meet your rate? Like, did you like working with them? Like, did they lowball yeah. you? Did they give you more than you normally would charge? Like, I like to talk to people and be like, look, like how much can I ask for for this brand? And some people just don't even know how to navigate it. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I'm coming from a business background where I can, I understand contracts. I understand negotiating. So I do all that by myself and I love yeah. it. But it's like, if I didn't know what I was doing or if I wasn't, I guess, confident in that area, even the bare minimum, I would have made so many mistakes and I'm still making mistakes, but I would have like messed it up. Someone would have my my footage for the rest of their life and they can use it. And I'd be like, oh my God, if anyone's listening to this and you don't know what in perpetuity means, that is such an important word to know. Don't accept it because that means the brand can use your footage and your image forever, no matter what you say, you're signing your, your image away for the rest of your life. So don't do that. Anyway, yeah, I think, oh man, the business side of it is crazy. Is it gatekeeping when people like yes. don't want to share? I think it might be different for me personally because my close community of friends, we're all professionally working. And so we all understand the same thing pretty much. And so we're all able to be very transparent with each other and talk about it. I love talking to people about very specific details on what I'm going through with brand deals and stuff. If they have questions, I give all the answers. But I think I haven't experienced this, but I'm sure there's other creators out there that don't want to share that. I mean, not that you have to give away your actual details, right. but that don't don't want to share how they achieved something because they want to keep it for themselves. Where I'm like, well, literally everyone's achieving it together. But I love sharing information if it can help someone else get to whatever they're trying to reach. Like I think, why not? And also we just need to know. Otherwise you'll like mess it up. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's changing yeah. so fast. I love that you get the business side of it and you come from the business side of it because that's kind of where I'm at seeing the behind the scenes and having some experience, not as much as you do in the entertainment space. But I never really thought about how that kind of did give me more insight on the commercial space in general, because if advertising on TikTok is commercial, essentially. We've talked about brand deals a lot. What is your favorite partnership you've done from TikTok with a brand? I recently worked with Levi's, which I love just because it's Levi's. I love denim. Yeah. So something I've also done is whenever I post videos, a certain style of video that I do usually dance or something, for some reason, my followers and random people always comment being like, this looks like a Levi's commercial, or this looks like a such and such commercial. 
and they always tag these brands or they mention the brands. So if I ever see those comments, I immediately reply and tag the brand and being like, just say when I'm available. I always say that every day I'm saying, just say when, and with a little side eyes, I said that to Levi's multiple times over the last year. And then suddenly one day they saw that comment and I saw that they followed me and I followed them back and they DM'd me and then we made some videos and I was like that is crazy because and they were like yeah we saw the video and we love that you always wear denim and I'm like that's just because I just always naturally wear denim it wasn't like deliberate but I think that was one of those partnerships where it was like oh this isn't a new brand this isn't one that I'm trying to help them sell which is a lot of brands that are reaching out they're usually reaching out because they need the help I'm like, this is just purely an awesome company that I use and I've known about since I was born. So yes, I'm down. And they fully let me do whatever I want. And it was very fun. So, and there might be more coming. So I think that was a recent one that I'm like, I love it. It's really exciting, like getting an email from a brand that you like, like and use and is like- Yes, that you actually like respect. I like that you mentioned connecting with brands through TikTok though and following up on those tags. I have gotten, I think, Cetaphil or Cetaphil, they saw that I commented on a sponsored post that someone else posted for them, one of my friends, saying, oh yeah, I've definitely changed my skincare routine in these ways, just like giving my experience. And they emailed me and they were like, hey, we want to do a call with you. Like, we want to get your feedback on some products. A lot of brands are doing a good job of doing that. Yes. What else is kind of crazy is I'm not verified. If it happens in that way where I'm just like literally making a comment and they happen to see it, it does feel very rewarding because I'm like, there's no reason they could have seen that because I don't have any way that's pushing me up to the top. And they're a big brand that has so many comments all the time. It was just by chance that they saw that at that moment and I was online and they were online and I was like, boom, let's do something. Otherwise, like, I don't know. I don't know if they had ever seen me before. I don't know if they ever would have. They looked at my stuff and that was proof that they were like, yes, this is a good idea. The thing is like they looked at my profile and were able to see all the things I need them to see immediately. So if it was like a bunch of me doing random videos that had nothing to do with what I could sell, they probably would have been like, what is this? No, thanks. Yes. Like being strategic. I think it also speaks to the fact that brands are looking for people to create content for them. You know what else I was so surprised about is a brand like that, so big. And this that's just one of the examples, but the people that are running their, their accounts actually have power. I always think that there's some random intern that is uploading videos for them. I'm like, wait, no, this person is important and they just created this brand deal out of thin air. I thought that person wasn't gonna be anyone. So you just never know who you're actually talking to. I feel like it's shifted. I feel like it depends. I feel like. 10, no, maybe five yeah. years ago, it was a random intern, but now brands are realizing how important that they community have to be there. is. Yeah, they have to yeah. have that like interaction. We've talked about the commercial work you did before you started really with TikTok. Do you have any stories about TikTok securing a job for you in the commercial space, not just like with brand advertisements? Yes. Actually, I do. This was last year. My agent emails me. They're like, you have an audition tomorrow for this commercial, which is my normal routine. Because of the pandemic, it was a Zoom commercial. I had to do a little dance. I had to look like La La Land was the styling, which is something I'm always getting typecast as. So I'm in a little blue dress, did a little dance, had to sing a little bit, which freaked the hell out of me, but whatever. Then I did my callback with the director and the whole creative team. It was online still. So I booked the job. And then we had fitting, rehearsals. Then we did... It was massive. It was a mini musical for like a car company. So it was a really fun environment. Everything was really cool about it. 
choreographer was huge like it was amazing and then at the very end of the last shoot day i think it was two shoot days i was just packing up my bag and obviously if i find a a little like slither of time and space to film a tiktok i will so everyone's packing up and i go around the corner because it's kind of unprofessional to film social media on set but we're wrapped right. and this was like not where we were filming the actual the commercial this was like in the parking lot so then i set up my phone and i just completely improvise a little dance and that's it then there's a guy smoking a cigarette and i was like oh i'm so sorry and i'm like oh sorry and i realized it was the director which even though i was one of the lead roles in this commercial you don't really have a connection to the director like you're just there for the day like you're not i'm right. downplaying it but like you're not really that important okay like you're they're there to yeah. create this product you're just in it but he's like, oh, is that for your TikTok? And I was like, ah, oh, yes, yeah, sorry. And he's like, no, I love your TikTok. I've been following you for two years. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, that's why I wanted you in this. I think it's so funny what you do. Yeah, so I'm glad you're available. And I was like, wait a second. This just flipped 100% because my whole career has been auditioning and hoping to get the job. And suddenly that's exactly what I did. But it turns out this guy knew me this whole time. So, I, and I love that he didn't tell me it was just like, he was just there at that moment and decided to tell me. So I'm like, how much has this been happening that I don't even realize? It makes sense that, especially now, if a director is casting actors, dancers, whoever, of course they can look them up on the internet. So it kind of, I was like, oh, maybe he just saw me because he booked me and wanted to check that I'm not some crazy person. But he was like, no, I've been following you for two years. I was like, that's insane to me. I'm like, what the heck? But yeah, anyway. I thought that was a really cool moment for me to be like, I'm doing something right because that was just my two careers crossing over in a professional way. And I was like, cool, I'm not making an ass of myself online and it's not ruining my chances here. It actually helped my chances. So I was like, that's cool. I've always wondered that because you do hear that they're looking at your social media in the casting room. I think I can relate to the entertainment space being you're told what to do, you have to fit the role, you're basically, it's like a chorus line, you're sitting there begging for a chance to be in everything every time you audition, yeah. like you're showing up with the hope of someone telling you that they like you and you're good enough for this part and you fit the role. And everyone um, like looks you, the same, we're all like yes. competing against your, your lookalikes. It is a mind <laughs> game, like the entertainment industry. That. I personally had a lot of mental health problems when I was working full-time in entertainment, so I was really lucky to start to grow my career in other areas, and social media empowered me in that way that's like, I have more control over my career in this sense. And it has been cool yeah. to see the power it does have in the entertainment industry, and I love that you're able to testify to that crossover, because so many of my friends I went to school with that are on Broadway and on national tours and acting professionally are not creating content and I'm like you guys would be so good at this so I'm gonna make them listen to this and tell them to start posting TikToks. I that is my number one thing like I literally get angry at some of my friends like even this morning yes, I was like just post so it talented that's, too. that's my motto is like just post it because I just don't understand why some people won't because they have so much like like the people I'm friends with have content their camera roll is full of perfect videos and photos that they could just upload right the second but they don't and I think it had to take me a little bit of time to realize that for me, it's very easy to do that. And I've done that my whole life, but it, it can really be actually really difficult for someone to, to be okay doing that. Even if it's their career. Like I know a lot of people that are the biggest creators online, everyone knows them and they really struggle with that. So I'm like, that is, that's hard. Like that has to be hard. And I know people might go in and out of that mental yeah, state. I go like, in and out of that. 
Yeah, it's a weird mental thing. Like, sometimes yeah. it's so scary to post something because you don't know. I don't know. I think there yeah. needs to be pressure. It's just of, like, the unknown. Yeah. It's the pressure of performing, I think, is, like, yeah. also if you're performing for your job full-time, I'm sure it is hard to be, like, now I'm going to go home and post content online that is, like, a performance in a sense. It absolutely is. I think that's the thing is I'm very lucky that, in a sense, the brand I've created for myself is – First of all, it's just me. It's just literally how I am. But my brand is not perfect and I'm not a perfectionist and I'm not clean cut. So I feel like it makes it easy for me to just upload anything and not worry about it. Like, I don't care if my hair is not brushed. I mean, I'll, it looks nicer if it is, but like, I'm not worried about that side of it. I'm very experimental. I'm not worried about me dancing perfectly. I obviously make fun of myself not dancing perfectly. So I think I'm just lucky that it fits in line with my brand that I don't have to worry about that too much. And I feel like I almost did that deliberately so I don't put myself in a situation where I'm like, is it good enough? Because I'm like, I don't care. It's fun. But yeah, just having fun at the end of the day. Yeah. If there's someone else involved, like a brand or a company or a director, it's less fun, 100%, because you do have to meet a certain standard for them. And they're usually giving you feedback and you're like, what? Okay, sometimes it can be hard. <laughs> yeah, this has been so fun. There are a couple questions I ask everyone at the end of their interview. So the first one okay. is, if you started over today, knowing what you know now, what would you go back and do different? Okay, nothing, to be honest. I would have just maybe started sooner and moved out of my old apartment sooner so I had space. If I knew how much it would have made me enjoy stuff so much more, I would have gotten a space and have access to just some sort of space years ago. I wish I did it years and years ago before social media. It just would have helped with even my regular career. Exactly. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who wants to be doing what you're doing now? Just upload, just upload it. That's it. I have people asking me this all the time and they're like, well, I made some videos. I just don't know like if I should do it to TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. And I was like, why are they not already there? You said you had videos? Why are you asking where to upload them? Upload them. So I feel like, oh man, if you wanted to do it, then just do it. Honestly, it's very experimental right now. Like the internet is embracing that. So while it's still in that phase of like anything goes, be there. You just have to be there. Just upload it, let it go, and then see what happens. Like you can refine your brand later on. Like if you're not sure what it is yet, just you just got to be there to actually be involved. I yeah. totally agree. I think that social media consumers that want to be creators tend to watch creators and think that we have it all figured out but everything's always evolving too so yes you know, every day i used to make only makeup videos and now here i am doing weird diy projects but like it's always the people that aren't active that are like oh how do i do it and i'm like you have to literally just be active you just have, you just have to do it thanks so much for joining me smack it's so great to finally meet you after seeing you on yes. my for you page for with being <laughs> mutuals for a really long time so this has been great yes. can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media my name is just at smack macrina on everywhere i believe well, everywhere That's that I use, do Instagram, it. branding, yeah. just smack Macrina on all the platforms. I'll be there. Perfect. I will it. link her <laughs> socials in the show notes for you guys and catch you guys next week. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for pushing play today. That's it for this week's episode. Remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or review if you liked what you heard. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and TikTok and join our exclusive Facebook community group for more support and guidance as you grow. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson, and I'll see you next week for another episode of TikTok Radio.